The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Stephanie Zito. Stephanie is an intuitive soul purpose coach, a certified yoga and meditation instructor, a speaker, an author, and host of this Passionate Life podcast. Her mission is to help 1 million people find their inner spark and the freedom and healing that comes with following their intuition. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I wanted to talk to you about your, you know, your intuitive journey, um, how things looked for you before you had what you may consider a spiritual awakening and after that and and where following those intuitive breadcrumbs have, have led you currently in your life. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you, Laura. And (laughs) where I am today is I'm literally living and breathing intuition every day. Um, Intuition and listening consistently to my guides and my inner guidance has led me into really a thriving business. Um, After this, I'm leading an Activate Your Intuition course. I run groups and memberships uh, around all things intuition, and I help um, clients one-on-one, especially with shifting energetically uh, into the space that they desire. And that might involve releasing past life energies, um, ancestral trauma, even things from childhood, um, working with that energetically. So to me, uh, intuition is like literally everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Intuition is everything. And it's just amazing to hear how intuition has led you to explore all those things so much so that you're able to offer them for other people. Um, I think that's, that's really incredible. Um, I'm curious to know, can you tell us a little bit about what your spiritual awakening looks like, if that's what you call it? Yeah. And I think for me, uh, well, it's interesting um, because I'm running a book club as well, reading a book on spiritual awakening. So it's really fun kind of looking at like the quote unquote stages and everything. And they can, it can look different for everybody. uh, I really believe, I think for me, it began um, probably 
over 10 years ago now when um, I was not following my intuition and I was afraid of my intuition, but I was guided to get a coach to help me get on track, to help me make decisions that would really support me because I wasn't in a place at that time in trusting in my future. I feel like when I was not following my intuition, when I wasn't in that spiritual awakening, my ego was getting in the way, not in the ego in sense of pride, but ego in the sense of what I couldn't do or, or how things had to be like in a box for me. And um, when I was able to really tap into my knowing, my intuition, I feel like you know, my guides have always been there. I was just more aware. And what wound up happening was nothing short of like what we call like a quantum leap. Like everything that I desired literally showed up in my life within like three months and through my actions and through receiving. And, and I kind of looked back after those three months and was like, wait, what did that just happen? <laughs> um, and so, and it's been like these little stages, you know, then years later, I uh, started coaching and I just, I knew there was a quicker way to get to the heart of what was going on for people or why they were stuck. So I took a training in uh, learning how to do energy scans and scanning people's chakras. And again, letting go of my ego, really trusting, allowing myself to speak what I saw coming through, um, having doubts, but just going with it anyway, began opening door after door to my gifts. Uh, and then I think another moment really was when it sort of just became, I don't even know, like a thing, meeting you, like our soul sisters, like these women that we know who kind of came out of the woodwork, like, hey, I'm into intuition too. And so am I. <laughs> and some of our journey, uh, you know, meeting with a psychic. And uh, I just feel like it's it's just this constant saying yes, you know, even when like I'm afraid, I'll just call, talk about me when I've been afraid and constantly reminding myself that my guides are there. They have my back. And there's so many moments where I've seen that to the point that at this point, you know, I grew up Catholic. And so I was in a more sort of boxed religious sort of way in terms of spirituality. And um, I went into this sort of journey of really not wanting to have anything to do with any of that. But now really, you know, I think what happens with the spiritual awakening is just understanding how we are not separate. Like we're all kind of on this similar path. Mm -hmm. And uh, so many things that are in Catholicism are mystic. They're mystical, they're magical, they're miraculous. And, you know, I really, for, for many years, really kind of had to reject anything Catholic so I could come to know my own spiritual path and what that meant for me without the, the confines and the constructs and the, the ways of the world around me for me to know. And I came to a point of um, really even having Jesus come through me for a client uh, several times, many times. So at this point, I really can recognize Jesus as a as an ascended master and even uh, draw on, you know, everything is a frequency, everything's an energy. So like the, the light that Jesus has, like that type of light, that Christ consciousness in my work with others. And so I feel like I've come full circle to really actually embrace all that is and not really seeing it as separate or it was so interesting too, to me is those people who judged me, 
it's so interesting because in my fear of them judging me, I was judging them right back in a sense of like, well, you're going to judge me. So it sort of becomes a cycle of a circle of like judging the people who are judging you for judging you. (laughs) (laughs) A dangerous circle. But with spiritual awakening, you recognize like none of that matters. None of that matters. If someone's going to judge me, that's theirs. That's theirs. So I can love them in their being and I can embrace and to some degree, I mean, it's not perfect, but honor, like that's, that's you. I don't have to really engage with that or be affected by that. So I feel like it's just so much healthier because Mm -hmm. so much of it is like a release of the ego. Right now I'm, I'm curious that process for you from being in that place of, Oh, they're going to judge me. I'm going to judge them to feeling, you know, more, maybe more outside of that and maybe looking at it now from a perspective of, of, of love and a wider lens of, you know, uh, um, how do you, how do you get from being so involved with that to not letting it per- perhaps affect you as much as it did before? Or- yeah. Well, I think for me, you know, coming into really owning my being an intuitive and I mean, I, call me whatever I was, you know, I do all the things. So psychic medium, channeler, intuitive, it's all the same space. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, when I first really wanted to um, put my gifts out there and serve people through this, I was going to be on social media and my family is on social media. And so the immediate people who I thought of that ping of like, oh, they're going to judge me came from those who sort of are the ones who are meant to love me most. And yet what I wanted for them is I wanted them to change. I wanted them to not judge me, to change them into not judging me, right? I want you to change. You should change. You should be different. You should not judge me, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I had to really ask myself, look, for the sake, and I love asking this question of clients, like, for the sake of what will I put myself out there? For the sake of what will I um, release this feeling that they need to change because that's just affecting me. That's just stressing me out. And I used to look Mm -hmm. at people in the media who I admire, who not everyone likes, some are like vilified, you know? And I look at like what, what it must take to not be affected by someone being a troll and telling you something horrible on the internet or, Mm -hmm. you know, your own family member telling you what you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And what I came to is something that's very deep and inside it's my soul's expression. Like it's what it really comes down to is self love and the ego stuff that I'm talking about. Those are the layers that imprint on us that are not really us. Like me being jealous of someone else isn't inner me isn't soul me. That's just some kind of imprint of comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, Me worrying about someone judging me um, is, isn't really me. It's like comparison, right? Or it's Mm -hmm. uh, wanting to belong. But when I really came into loving me, I love what I do. I'm good at what I do. I'm serving. I am a channel. I'm, I'm given these gifts for a reason. I'm helping people. When I come into that space, that is love you know, it's an expansive energy. If I'm in that space of, and I talk to a lot of people who are afraid, they're afraid of judgment too. You know, that's a constrictive space. It's a fear space Mm -hmm. that is not like the, the soul's expression space. So I think for me, I let go of the expectation of others to change. I let go of me putting on them how they needed to be 
because I got really comfortable with who I am and just into it. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with meditation um, mm-hmm. and, and, and being afraid, but going for it anyway, like doing these things like intuition says this, do this, it sparks your heart. Okay, do it. <laughs> You're going to maybe feel <laughs> some fears and some of that ego stuff is going to come in because we're human, but we get better and better at recognizing it and seeing it and allowing ourselves to not be it or act from it or, or let us, let it impact us in a negative way. Oh gosh, absolutely. I feel like that's the biggest difference, right? Between uh, an intuitive hit versus maybe doing something because uh, you're, you're fearful of what would happen if you didn't versus it's scary, but I know I have to do it because it sparks joy in me or I'm excited. I know it's going to help people. It's going to help me, whatever capacity that, that is. And the doing, as you said, the doing, the follow through is the important part because it helps us to validate, right? That that our, that it is our intuition and we were right to follow it. Uh, so can you tell us maybe a little bit about those early stages of uh, finally, you know, hearing your intuition and following through and maybe that, that process, was it, was it something that was, that was really scary for you? Did you get those intuitive hits several times before you finally fell, fall, followed through with it? How did that look for you? Well, I mean, <laughs> if you've talked to me, you've heard the story. So I'm going to tell it anyway. I think <laughs> when it really like, when the stuff hit the fan, so to speak, it was um, before I met my husband now. And uh, I was, um, I really knew at that point, I wanted to be in a relationship. I, I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I kind of come to that point in my life that I really knew I wanted that. And I had uh, met someone and um, for love, I, I made a big move. I moved with him uh, to Kentucky, like away from the job that I loved um, because I wanted all those things, right? And I felt like this was the way that could happen. Um, there were a lot of signs. It wasn't really the right relationship. Um, and uh, my intuition, you know, it, when it really starts to show up, when you're incongruent, it's going to show up. Like I wasn't sleeping well. I was crying a lot. This was not my normal state. Like I'm a pretty happy person. <laughs> and um, I'll tell you the thing that was so significant was when I was literally driving my SUV across country, like my last move with all my rest of my stuff to go move in with him. Uh, and I was driving through Wyoming and I hit black ice. And actually at that time, <laughs> there were less cell phone laws than there are now. I was on the phone with him and we were arguing about something dumb. I don't even know what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hit this ice, my phone flew, um, into, onto the floor of the car and I spun around like three times and I ended up against a guardrail facing back from where I came on the highway. I wow. was facing back, like like going back the other direction. Goosebumps. I just got I goosebumps. Know. Yeah. And the immediate thing after I screamed out of frustration and just like, am I going to die? Am I going to flip over a bunch of times? Like just the slow motion things that go through your head. Mm-hmm. When the car stopped, I heard the words, you can go back. You don't have to go. Wow. Wow. And I just knew I could have ended up, I mean, it was not a big piece of guardrail. It must be just, just that one spot where if you didn't have the guardrail there, you, I would have flipped and no one would have seen me. There's no one else driving by. Um, 
And in any case, I wound up being able to drive my vehicle. The bumper came off, but I was able to drive that vehicle the rest of the way to Kentucky. But I went, I was so stubborn. Like I was so in my ego of like, no, and fear. Like, no, you, you have to do this. And my story was like, I gotta go, I gotta do this. And so my, you know, when I was in, incongruent, when I was not congruent, wasn't sleeping well at night, all that, I was taking melatonin, never taken melatonin before, all this stuff, right? And finally, mm-hmm. I got a coach who helped me, one, meditate, which, so I could tune into my body and listen to my body's wisdom that it was telling me, and to um, make a commitment to myself, what did I really want? And uh, when I started doing that, um, I started going for a run, three days a week, running three days a week, and that helped me clear my head. It helped get me out of my thoughts, thoughts, thoughts into that intuitive space. You know, that clear space, like when you're taking a shower or you're washing the dishes or you're kind of quote unquote mindless. Yes. Yes. Like that's when like the real hits can come because you're not in that prefrontal cortex of having to debate everything. And it just took time. It took me time and being patient with myself to come to like that full body place of I'm ready to go. I'm ready to trust. I'm ready to not know exactly what's next, but to know that, I mean, I really debated it. I almost stayed in Kentucky. I almost got a corporate job, which is not me. I really (laughs) thought about even if he and I had broken up staying there, I was, you know, so far off from where I really, what I really wanted was to move to California, (laughs) you know, and that's exactly what happened when I said, yes, this is where, you know, your guides are there. They really are. They're just waiting for your, your energy, you energetically to open the door to. And when I was like, I surrender, I'm moving to California. My friend told me I could stay with her. I got work exactly at the school where I wanted to work for at-risk kids. I ended up getting my full-time job there. I went up getting up my apartment. I went and did my yoga teacher training. That's when I met my husband. You know, so many things that I look back at, like things that didn't happen, led me towards my path that was meant for me. Even the things that got out of the way or didn't work, they didn't work for a reason. It was good I didn't get that corporate job in Kentucky. Thank you for not getting me that corporate (laughs) job in Kentucky. That's such a good point that, you know, sometimes we have to remember that things don't work out it, it, it could be for our benefit, you know, as much as we may want something, uh, yeah. there's a bigger picture out there. I'm exactly. curious when you were during that time, you know, driving, skid, you know, slipped on the, the black ice, all of those sort of what you now know were major red flags at the time that you were in it. Did you, did they, did they come across as red flags? Did you know, like, was there any intuitive hits that you were choosing to ignore or was sort of intuition were you blinded and blocked off to your intuition at that time I was choosing to ignore my intuition Ah. very very much I mean I was I remember when I hit that ice and it all got quiet and I was facing the other direction it was not lost on me what had happened Mm. none of it was lost on me the fact I hit that guardrail and didn't end up down I was like wow my guardian angels are here for sure and I heard that and sometimes the voice it's different from your own voice I just, mm-hmm. I was, it was, I was very aware and chose to uh, not listen. And I think my heart was just, there was some healing that I think had to happen within my own heart. And I remember I had, um, I have a guide now who has passed, but she was still alive then. I've talked about her. Her name is Shreyas. And I talked with her and uh, she told me I was going to work with intuition. I was like, that's that's funny 
And uh, I told her, I'm like, I'm not listening to my intuition right now. I'm afraid because I knew what it was telling me. I, I could hear it, but I was like, no, not today. <laughs> that sounds too hard and scary. And I don't really know what's on the other side of that. Absolutely. And that's, I think, sometimes the hard part, part for us is that we think that, okay, we've got to follow through with something, but gosh, look at all all these steps I've got to take, all these things that I've got to do to make it happen. But, you know, I think like you said, how as soon as you said yes, everything just fell into place. It really did. It's, it just was incredible. I mean, and that when you, I really want to pinpoint what you just said too, because those moments when we feel really, like we get that ping, I should, I, I meant to do this. And then the flood of like, well, what if and how, what's important is the doing. You know, even if it's mm -hmm. making an investment in yourself, because this is where we can allow the magic to happen. We kind of put ourselves in a box when we think we have to think our way through exactly how it's going to go, because that's not how it's going to go. I mean, there's so much more available to us. I mean, where I'm sitting today, like it was, I wanted to coach, but I had no idea what would open up or how it would open up. There's no way I could have imagine that if I'd written that that way, oh, I have to follow it this way, I would have so limited myself. So when we say mm -hmm. yes, we when we feel that fear, we can almost get excited or when we even fail, like, okay, this is a step towards me succeeding. Like we can, it takes some of that fear away and allows ourselves to get excited about the journey. You know, mm -hmm. like, it's like exactly what we teach our kids when they're learning to ride a bike. Like, think about like, our guides can see for us what we can't see just like a parent can see for that little child, like how much they trust that kid is probably in most cases going to learn to ride that bike. It might take time and patience and they're going to fall. I love that analogy because we forget like we're, we're those children and our guides <laughs> are those parents watching us like you've got this. Oh gosh. I love that analogy. I haven't heard that one before. And I think that that's such a good one because I think maybe many of us can relate to, you know, learning to ride a bike and, and everything like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're, if you were fortunate to grow up in, in a family where, you know, you felt, you know, the love from your parents, it's very similar, that unconditional love uh, from our teens. And you did answer, I did have, I did want to know who you thought maybe that voice uh, that spoke to you was. Um, and I believe you did answer. I think you said it was your guardian angel. At the time, well, I have, oh, my guardian angels, they have worked overtime for me at certain points <laughs> in my life. And um, I just knew in that moment, I mean, I can almost, you know, picture them. I don't feel like it was just one. You know, I definitely have this sense we have different angels for projects and we have some that are with us for our soul's journey, some for our particular lifetime. So I'd imagine there was like a little team at play. I, I mean, to some degree, I mean, not that it's like, were they... I was going to say, like, quote, unquote, like, teach me a lesson. But I feel like there may have been like a wake up call is more what I feel like I want to say, you know, like mm -hmm. a wake up call and a message. I think, you know, I co created that happening. I was on the phone, I was feeling anxious, you know, I probably should have had two hands on the wheel. Mm -hmm. But it's not lost on me, the, the, the circumstances surrounding what happened there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to take it take it back a little bit, um, in your past. And I want to, I want to go back to, um, what, what you, what you felt your life was going to look out, maybe look at what, what sort of, what sort of plans, or maybe you didn't have plans. I'm just curious to know, um, 
the Stephanie if there ever was a time, Stephanie, before uh, an awakening, awakening before having the idea, or maybe when you started getting the inklings and the ideas that maybe there's more out there that we, that we know, and that there's a different plan for you. Yeah, well, I mean, this, maybe some people will really relate to this. I was never that child who knew from the get go, I was going to be a dentist or a doctor or a psychologist. Like that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I did know at a young age, I wanted to go into the Peace Corps. And so I did that, which was very expansive and creative and a lot of freedom. So I feel like there were inklings of how I work in the world then. Um, that's when I met this guide of mine now named Shreyas. And uh, I was like 20 years old and it's the first I'd ever really seen someone working with tarot cards. I have her deck now. Uh, or, and she was the very first person who ever did a reading for me. I was really just kind of fascinated. It was the first time I ever really learned about yoga was when I was in Uganda in the Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. So some of these, like, I mean, I think of it as a spiritual practice as much as a physical practice that is yoga. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I really took what some people might consider a very meandering journey. For those of my family members who are more structured, they probably just thought I was a lost soul. I mean, because I um, became a back backpacking and rock climbing guide. I got my master's in conflict resolution, which I feel I probably could have just gone to some therapy <laughs> instead of getting that master's degree. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like it did serve me in terms of some of the, the jobs that I got after that. But I, you know, I really enjoy being at the pace of walking. I don't love a fast paced environment. Um, so for me, being a backpacking guide and spending days, weeks, months just outside was amazing. I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Um, but at some point, I really wanted to have a house <laughs> and probably get married. And it was getting kind of, you know, tiring being nomadic. And that's where it was a lot of soul searching. Like, well, what do I want to do? And um, if I hadn't gone this path, I was really looking at becoming, I think, similarly aligned like a psychologist or, yeah, like a psychologist probably. Um, but I just, you know, would get these certain jobs where I was still working with kids, like with young people, helping them transform, you know, kids at risk, um, working at a therapeutic boarding school, um, working with kids to help them really like find their spark. What's your passion? Who are you? Who are you? I, I mean, I've always been, loved those questions. You know, how do you want to express your soul in the world or, you know, find your passion? I mean, now I know we're multi-passionate and our, our, our soul's purpose is literally being who we be. Our, our being birthed in this lifetime is our purpose, but we can express our soul in a variety of ways. So I feel like my guides kind of helped orchestrate my life in a way, you know, meeting my husband and then um, getting married and having our kids. There was time where I just, I just took time to really be a mom and kind of find my way forward into um, becoming a coach that I'd wanted to be um, and incorporating these pieces that made sense to me. I just didn't know how to articulate it. it like working with my clients, like I knew using some techniques from yoga, like breath work was really helpful. And uh, I worked with the chakras, the energy system and the body. I knew that was really helpful. So it's sort of like, I know, like you say, Laura, in your book, these breadcrumbs, like there was these little breadcrumbs, but mm -hmm. it was like the, the, these 
scattered puzzle pieces on the ground. And my job was to kind of put them together to see the big picture. And now I know like I'm fully in where I'm meant to be, what I'm meant to be doing. I, I never felt like I was home until I moved to California. And doing the work that I do and the structure that I have for my day, very fluid, very flexible, having time with my kids, you know, getting paid to be me, like this is exactly where I'm meant to be. But it didn't always feel like that for sure. There were many moments where I was like, what am I doing next? <laughs> I don't really know. And how did you, how did you get through those moments? Um, I mean, I really would just take time, you know, when I was younger and it would be these moments where I was working um, in the outdoors and I had like a, I remember it was winter. I had a contract fall through and that was money that I needed at that time. And I was like, wow, I think I need something more permanent. I just started looking and I, I learned this from a friend when I was younger, when I um, was working a job, I really didn't like, it was not aligned. And he told me, he's like, you need to stop complaining. I'm not going to listen to you complaining anymore. Just take a day off. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, aren't you supposed to listen? <laughs> he said to me, like, take a day off work and go research what interests you on Google. And I did that. And then he, um, that's where I found this job. I know it sounds like I'm jumping around, but um, I found this job to work uh, in an outdoor camp, like a year round camp, a leadership camp for kids in Maine. And it was conflict resolution and healthy relationships and um, teaching them experientially about saying no to drugs and alcohol and learning to be with themselves. And it was, it was perfect. And he's like, okay, well, let's get some plane tickets and let's go to Maine and go visit this place. Like it was all about taking action, wow. taking aligned action. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I did. And again, synchronistically, I didn't meet the intern coordinator. I met the, the boss and because I met the boss, I got hired as a teacher. Otherwise, it, it just wouldn't have looked the same. But I, I really learned about like, you're not happy. Well, you can change that. You can take action. You know, now I might um, meditate on it. I might do something creative if I were in that situation to kind of feel into it. Um, I would date something. That's kind of what I had to do a lot with coaching when I first started. My coach was amazing, but he didn't understand what to call me or what I really did. I, I needed to have a quote unquote niche or niche. Mm -hmm, so I mm -hmm. became a speaker's coach. But the funny thing was everyone who came to me, we did the same stuff, which was like the underlying stuff. It was moving through the blocks. It wasn't really about becoming a speaker. Yeah. It was all about that backstory <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, okay, clearly I'm meant to do this. Yes. Um, but you know, I had to kind of date it in order to understand it and see that theme coming through anyway. I think that's, that's really important what you just said, as far as, you know, we, we may think one thing, and we're going to jump into something with certain expectations, but it's so important to be open to what it's meant to be. Because like you said, you started to notice this pattern and this theme. And it's almost like, you know, your, your, your guides or whoever was helping to bring the people to you that you were meant to help. Oh, definitely. And it, yeah. And it's helpful for us to, you know, maybe label things and, and, you know, give things names so that it, it's just helpful for us as humans. But I think that's great. Just being open to that and being open to the idea that, um, there's a pattern here. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. you know, there's a pattern here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's you wonderful. Know not only not only that but also at that time i was in this dance with embracing it and 
also feeling at, at that time, this was like 2014, kind of kooky about it. Like I didn't really see me out there in the world. I'm, I'm sure, you know, what I do or did existed. I just wasn't seeing it. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, sometimes whatever you're doing, you are forging the path for others. Anyone who's come up with some system came up with it from somewhere. I mean, even if it seemed, I mean, look at Steve Jobs, there's so many things that were innovative. So stuff that seems really weird or different, we can really embrace. Um, And the same thing with my coaching, you know, it didn't really matter. Like people really wanted what I had to offer. And so um, I, I think my lesson was to not hide it or mask it inside something else. I was doing that even before then. I wanted to be, again, like a coach for a long time but I had my own fears. I didn't know how to market myself and yada, yada, and um, be an entrepreneur. And uh, so I would do what I love doing, but I would do it through yoga. I would do it through the themes I would set up, like this personal transformation. I would do it through my yoga class, uh, or I would do it through my, some other jobs. I would always tell myself, well, I am doing this. I am doing it. I think I knew earlier what I really wanted to do, Mm-hmm. I just uh, wasn't surrendering to to actually doing it or, or getting the, the people to help me. You know, for me, like investing in a coach, he was very, it was very synchronistic how he and I met, very synchronistic. Mm-hmm. And even that, uh, that training afterwards that I took to learn how to do energy scans, again, very synchronistic how that lined up with me and me saying yes, investing in me to do it. I mean, a lot of these investments you know, we do it with the trust that uh, we're investing in ourselves and it will, it will pay off. It will pay off great dividends because we are following our path. Absolutely. Well, you've given such great information and such, um, you know, great examples through your stories. If there was some advice that Stephanie Zito today would give Stephanie Zito pre-awakening or, or pre-following intuition, what advice would you give yourself? It would just be say yes to you quicker. <laughs> just <laughs> when you hear it the first time from your intuition, just, just do it. <laughs> just just oh, trust because it's definitely yeah. what I've learned and I, I do that now. And so things happen very quickly um, in a good way because I say yes and I trust and I know that it's not just me. I am supported. I do have my guys. I can trust. So, and that feels really good. So I would definitely tell her that and just telling her it, it'll, it'll work out. <laughs> it's going to work out. It's so going to work out. That's right. Well, Stephanie, this has been such a pleasure. I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and your time. Thank you so much for um, being here with me today and for uh, having me. yeah, and, sh- and sharing your, your story and your beautiful journey. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. 
I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.